0: the following live session recording, Bruce Woody, President and CEO of HH Architects of Dallas, Texas, will talk about architecturally speaking, what story is your building telling? For over 47 years, HH Architects has provided architectural interior design, strategic positioning and master planning services to clients ranging from churches to municipal entities, from schools to corporate buildings. They approach projects from the client's perspective and by building upon the client's image and identity. This session explores these aspects of church buildings. Let's join Bruce now.
1: So, this is Mark
2: Ashcraft. He's uh, one of our uh, senior associates been with the company in 20 something years. <laughs> Eight. 18, sorry, sorry, under a little under 20. A number of years I serve as a president, CEO, and I built the company in my 30th year. Uh, and so over the period, just a little quick about our, our uh, firm. Firm started in 1971, we're a, we're a second generation, we're not really that old. Uh, but uh, over the course of the years, we have focused much of our practice in the faith-based community. Uh, that's large scale campus planning, a lot of churches, churches, private schools, private school, the church, or, but, and then the other types of things we do uh, would also be um, not-for-profits or faith-based, it could be corporate headquarters, it could be community centers, it could be a lot of different things. So um, you'll see a variety of projects, scopes, scales, and sizes uh, within a project. You won't necessarily see a particular style that's carried throughout. Each one uh, is unique to setting the clients needs and all that so but as you saw uh, the beginning of our our uh, presentation today is about storytelling and so the question we're asking today is what story do you believe your building is telling so again, as architects working in a, a church related facility campus planning we're very concerned with because we strongly believe that your building sends a message tells a story whether you whether you like it or not, <laughs> the story that
3: it's telling. Yeah, and, and and that story is important in creating, you know, that experience that really builds the church family because from the like the first impression online or face to face somebody you've met in the community or when you greet them that first time as they come on your campus, even the existing members, they are part of or they're becoming part of your story. So what is that experience? How does your building either help or hurt that? And so it really comes down to, you know, when you think about the physical space, you know, what does that communicate? You know, when, when when we, you know, use words, when we when we use language, you know, it obviously is communication, but the physical space communicates. Like, you know, if it's you know solid, you know, walls, that's you know conveys strength. It also conveys, you know, utilitarian, there's a lot of things to think about. So when you start to consider that, you know, could that possibly be keeping people away especially if it's an older facility or if it's um, not as timeless a design or if it's if it has some amenities that maybe are lacking compared to relevant expectations of the particular people you're, you're, you're targeting
2: so so let's ask a question anybody uh, ever been on the campus you think the building could be sending causing people to turn away oh, yeah. now you think about that you know you think about what the whole message and the. Gospel message is, and your building, in and of itself, to an average passerby or someone that would like to don the doors of church in a the community, if they move to a community, and they drive by, and uh, not there. Curb appeal means a lot. Curb appeal, uh, curb appeal, warmth for all the great ministries that might be happening inside those walls. If your building is not letting them experience it, because they they just either believe it's not relevant, uh, maybe not kept up. Frankly, I've had pastors ask me, "What do you believe about our facilities? What's the entire I'm like? What do you really?" I mean, we know that. Tell me more. It's like we well, might start with weeding the flower beds and mowing the grass because it's about 18 it inches tall. In and then they you know, I had a pastor tell me, and I didn't, I, you know, I kind of put my tongue on that one, but he was like, "I needed to hear that because you, you got to understand the average passerby is looking and now that's the way they care about their facilities.' <laughs> what else do they care? <laughs> you know how other is important well, is
3: there? We get comfortable we get comfortable in where we live, but we don't always have that fresh set of eyes that says, you know, that, that person has never been here. How do they experience it? Because, you know, the first time we experienced it, it, could have been it's the church we grew up in. So we were a little kid, we didn't have the critical eye. But if, if that first time guest comes in, they are gonna experience something different than your, your average, you know, long-term member. So how do we, how do we leverage that? How do we really, you know, think that through? So, you know, a couple of things we're gonna talk about today. There's really three main points. Um, it'll be uh, thinking about how you design uh, specifically for your marketplace. Like the, we're all in a, a, a market, right? We're all in a, a specific demographic setting. Yeah, demographic setting that we're we're wanting to target. So when you think about that particular marketplace, you know what what does that target demographic expect? You know, if they were to go to um, just a you know a, a community center, if they were to go to the local mall, shopping center, you know, schools, you know, restaurants, where they work, you know, what do they expect to see? So what would be the equivalent of that, say, on, on your campus? Because that that creates a, a sense of, um, are you relevant? There's a relevancy to those expectations that if you're not meeting, you you almost become, you know, irrelevant. So
2: who do you believe in your household, in a household, is determined relevancy? So you Say again? Ask your question again. Who do you believe in a typical household is determining relevancy? Kids. 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 Most every time. And the reason why that is is because they go to a certain school. If their church doesn't have as a baseline what their school has, you become irrelevant to that child. Remember the days when my, my kids, I have a 30, a 26, and a 22 year old. There was a time, years ago, the church I was attending, the eldership would talk about technology and it's almost in a negative fashion. I'm talking about 30 something years ago, not 25 years ago, because I, I was having younger kids. I said, you, you know, I know I told one I said, you do you understand the point? My kids are going to see you irrelevant because they've never not known a computer. And if you were down talking computers as their relevancy in church, they will see you as irrelevant. So I'm saying. And so, because that, and that's just, uh, and so, who do you believe often causes parents to want to attend a church? Kids. kids. Now, that doesn't mean that every, you know, kids are controlling the household. Hey, here's more. My family's going to go church, mom and dad. Right. But there's a lot of influence that can have because the reverse trend of that is parents want what's best for their children, right? Mm-hmm. And if they believe that church is have. not offering right. things that are relevant that a church maybe down the street is, and they'll get, again, these are broad, broad brush, but they also can become very specific and very real things that churches are dealing with uh, we, we talk about these things because we hear when churches speak the language of, to us yeah we used to be a church of 3,000 we're less than 2,000 now because a church down the street built something and they've got it going on <laughs> hello <laughs> what did you just say to us you know, did that church beat you by what did, or, you know, did they, they you, caused, you lost members because why well, they then it turned out, because we, we've got really old, outdated children's facilities, or we don't have the kind of hospitality space that they have down there. They don't have, we don't have the technology in our room that we really should have put in several years ago in our worship. Well, what you just communicated to us as architects, your buildings are be determining how people view your ministry. <laughs>
4: yeah, place. which we'll touch on in a minute too. And Good you'll place, see sir. some of <laughs> these.
2: Yes
4: finding in our church and mm-hmm. where we live is the demographics of the neighborhood has changed so much. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell this to anyone in my church that whenever I came here 35 years ago, our church was the little white church instead of the corner. Mm-hmm. This is where whoever was whatever went to because we go to the First Baptist Church of King Georgia. Right. As the demographics of the neighborhood changes, it's mm-hmm. changed across the board. Been mm-hmm. on the south side of Atlanta, we have a lot of warehousing. Uh, we have people coming in. Uh, that may not be legal. Mm-hmm. But we held last year a more particular day Sunday, which we acknowledged who all represents us in our church. Come to find out, we had 16 countries mm-hmm. represented in our church. And that speaks, I think, broadly of the appeal that we have in our church. So we have to have a very comfortable church building, facility that has been maintained. Yeah. I know because I've done a lot of it. But the point of it is, who's there and why they're there? to me sometimes it's more important than the building, yep, and right. how they're treated when they come into that building, and how they're brought in, and whether they are spoken to, no matter right. what country right. they're from, what color their skin is, or it is whatever. Right. Yeah,
2: and so that you 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 are saying a lot of things we also say. So a building is just a tool. We've always heard that. That's it and and yeah, so. But that tool can be the right tool or sometimes it can be a bad tool. And for,
1: uh, and, and I'm assuming
2: and even my wife likes to use certain tools and we all recognize hey, if I had, if I had the right tool, this job would be really a whole lot easier. I'm making it difficult. I need to go buy the right tool that will do this. And then you go like, gosh, why didn't I have that for years ago? But we can sometimes have the tool and still not use it right. But you're right. The building is this tool. So if things inside the church aren't aren't happening, the building in and itself can, can it lose, isn't serving what it was intended. But you don't want
5: your building to be a deterrent either.
2: That is correct. That's correct. Because then people never get to see a lot of times the good uh, that, and, and or if they walk in, let's say they, they walk, the curb appeal is not bad, right? Or not terribly bad, but they walk in and now again let's say they walk into a restroom and I can tell you we're working on a few of these projects right now across the country. Uh, where the church itself would, would admit these things, yeah, that bathroom's never been updated since the 1960s. That apartment is since the 80s. You know what that speaks to an average lay person out there in the community? Nothing good is happening here. Because yep. they've not been able to. Now, that doesn't mean obviously a not, because this is a great but they but it's sending a message, and Mark said, oh, it's it's just that nice we just spoken. get comfortable, and the people that have gone there since before the 60s are saying, hey, the restrooms still weren't fine. You've got, you got to think about the first-time guest. And again, there are levels of expectations, whether we like it or not. Uh, churches become a little more consumer-oriented, right? We judge hotels. You know, it looks really cool on the website. You walk in, it's like, oh, it looks better on the website. Or, and you go, like, I got a week here. I was really hoping it'd be a little more cool. Or you walk in that hotel and you go, wow, we get to be here. My family and I get to be here for a, a, the next week. Think about that the first time someone dons the door of your church.
0: Well, it's hard. Um, we had just renovated our church, and we spent $150,000. It's hard to get the typical congregant to understand, we got to do some upgrades right? because of the mentality. Like purple looks fine. It's not worn too bad. Yeah, that's right. So, but we had finally, we convinced folks, and we did $150,000 yeah.
3: in the past month. Well, yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, it, it is finding the balance between missional and attractional. You know, because every church is going to have its own unique blend, but then ultimately everything has to be ministry-driven, including the architecture, because that really is where you you find that optimum zone that everything is driving towards. How will we sharing the gospel and reaching people for Christ? Because, like Bruce said, this is still just a tool. It's an empty shell until you fill it with people doing ministry. But if it's the coolest building in the world, it could win all kinds of awards. But if the if the ministry not backing
4: that, it's just it's just a, just a bunch really of four. Right. But really so cool so but There's really a yin and yang between the two of them. That's yes. Cool. yes.
1: Yes. Yes, ma'am. Um, my question is is so many churches now, so many different, like mega churches and churches in the other grades. Are you finding that they're all competing for the same type of building, uh, renovations? This is the this is the go to. Every church now is having this, or is it just what's specific for their area, their ministry. That's, was that's a
2: great question. I'd say it's a little bit of a hybrid. Okay, so let's start with uh, a go-to, not not a certain look, or it has to be the certain colors, because that's going to get be trendy, right? We don't right. want to necessarily follow trend. Mm-hmm. But if <clears throat> if a church is speaking of, gosh, we do, we just roughly really have an extended foyer off of our large sanctuary, and I can I can tell you, we've walked in buildings that eighteen hundred seat traditional Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist, Church, it doesn't matter. And they had a foyer about twice the size of this. But please come early and stay late. Right? Where? <laughs> you know would be the and right. so uh, if the if if when you say hey we were wanting to we see other churches go to would be hey we want more hospitality space we believe we place a high value on that then that would be a yes we see a lot of churches understanding that hospitality space is required in today's community The last couple of generations really like the fact that church families come together and can somewhat stay together not that you still go to worship and education break apart a little bit but we all know campuses that we all have arrived on we and then you roughly pat all the three kids on the head and say, see in about three hours. Mm-hmm. So we arrived as a church and family, right? And then we fractured, and then we came back together and left. And so a lot of these last generations want to see spaces where the youngest and the oldest, all the mixtures of people can be in age groups, demographics, all those things can be in a hospitality setting that was not only in Comfortable, but it was intended. It was purposeful. Where a, where a grandfather can sit and watch his grandchild play, or a, you know those types of things, or mothers can meet during the week and watch their kids play, do whatever. But you know it's a that hospitality space. And we'll talk more about that. But that would be a, a, an example that I would say uh, along the lines. I wouldn't judge a church's success by necessarily what's happening down the street, only unless it, you feel like there's a relevancy issue there. Or just a lack of what people are looking for.
5: Yeah, and, and well, I, just personally, I, I, I think uh, demographics play some role in it, but who is your target? You know, unlike, well, we can't beat all things to all people. That's right, in right. The environment. that's, we're in, that's right. So, Who is our target audience? Are we going for millennials or are we going for cross branch? Uh, Who who are we trying to reach and then is our facility addressing that? And 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 I'll I'll tell tell you, you know, know, oddly enough,
2: we've, over the last few years, been working with churches. Uh, We've got a handful at any given time. You know what they are? When we demographically look at what what they are in whatever community, whatever state, whatever size, they are a... Downward trending in attendance. Flat. They they've been increasing. They hit a flat over time because we go back in time, we look at their record and, and projecting forward, we see that maybe they've been on a decline, bouncing around a little bit, declining over the last few years. You pull up their demographics, and what do you believe they are? Bottom, top to bottom. They're heavily weighted toward the upper adult and senior adult. So whatever it is, at some point in time, they lost reaching young families. If you can grow a church with we'll some people already <coughs> on up in this room, and, but there'll be a time when you need to backfill that with young families. And if you can almost pick a point where it's like what happened in your nursery, preschool, children's, youth area, because you can't continue to grow church if you're not bringing young families in. And the same goes to the generation. Yes, that's right. Yeah,
4: and that's one of our problems we have. We've had to finally come to grips with. Uh, my class is called the way class, and we say, Yeah, that's the way out. Right. And so it's a senior class. Right. right. You know, you in that class, you on your way out. Well,
2: and so it's important sometimes to get the seniors, to, the guys that are beginning to, and to, get to, to understand hey, we, we want this church to be around for my children, my grandchildren, and their children, and that's important. Uh, and that needs to be thought of as, again, as we look back at these simple questions of relics. Hey, if we designed this place, what's serving our needs very well, and we've been very comfortable, but if we don't see young families in here, then we are, something is happening where we are speaking a language, either internally or externally, that we're not reaching.
4: But unfortunately, those people who are that age right now were the people 20 years ago. Sure. Who was really controlling the activities of the church. And because of their complacence with it. And that's what I'm saying. There's been there's those churches I don't want to make a change that's right. As they're going through it, they stopped it and they don't realize sometimes what they did hurt more than anything else. Yeah, certainly.
3: Well you see it across the culture. It's the not wanting to let go, letting the next generation take over, or just looking beyond like what's next and how to set up for who is coming next, for that person that's not there in that sea yet, and it's just trying to get the focus to be on that that outward, that serving, that missional versus the inward, what's in it for me. We and, literally
4: have to wait for some people to die out. Right. So we can make changes. Right. And that has happened.
3: Yeah, which is always sad, But We'll walk through a few um, projects, and then we can touch on some of these other points, but specifically... Um, To to address your question earlier about, you know, is there something that's common throughout? Really, it's like Bruce mentioned, it's more themes, and it might be hard to read what I wrote, but, you know, like gathering, hospitality, connection, and then how you create that is where the uniqueness of each individual, um, you know, church community, church family comes together, just like, you know, we would in our normal homes. So, so when we talk about also reaching that
2: marketplace, you're going to see these next few projects. This is how they specifically, we believe we
3: specifically were addressing a, a need and a desire for them. understanding. So this is a church that's in uh, Frisco, Texas which was it's a it's a very big booming up-and-coming city right now I mean they're they people are coming in really fast corporations everything they're just building up so it's very young it's very um, energetic there's a lot of activity so this was a church that had always been in a warehouse they had just always been very stripped down they were very um, energetic very creative um, very, very technology oriented. Very so utilitarian would, in building though. <laughs> right. So they wanted to keep that when they, when we did this ground up facility. So it was coming in and it was being smart with materials. It was still having some of those same warehouse feel elements or like, you know, it's a till wall box to play off of that that utilitarian. But then coming inside, it's the polished concrete, it's color, it's using pops of that that, that color and, and, and lines to create movement, to give energy, to have everything very intuitive, very graphic. Um, they have a, oh, f- yeah. a creative arts ministry that they want to express throughout. They had, a like for their, their interim worship, this was 1,500 seats. 1,500 seats. Very neutral palette, because they wanted to use it for multiple things. So it has a flat floor, uh, slope seating, but it, like you can see in the picture here, it's, it's very, um, neutral, neutral <laughs> tones, neutral I tones mean gray in this particular case, but um, they can flip it for conferences throughout the week, and then when they do service, they used technology with, with lighting, LED screens, um, gobos, all that kind of stuff to help tune the space for what they want to do for their particular sermon series or how they want to experience the worship if they want to size it down to an intimate setting or if they really want something that's rocking and full of energy, so taking advantage of some of those modern amenities with what technology lets you do for a more um, contemporary type feel which you know as a side note contemporary and traditional are always loaded terms because contemporary means many yeah, different things true. and traditional means many different things so. What's the, um, age,
4: what's the age range? These
3: guys I would imagine they're in that low 30s. Yeah, that was the target range. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the industrial book? They started in a warehouse, and they had gotten really,
2: was, literally they would expanded culture. this warehouse and had outgrown it. So they said, you know what, when we get ready to design a new facility, we they said, you know what, we really like the look and feel. That's just who we are. We don't want to lose some of that and try to create a different culture than, right. than our facility is used they to. They don't
4: the need the Right. Next yeah. but, that
2: they want but not but they want not cool, they wanted nice design. so there were some things we did that we felt like addressed no that. No red brick and white columns. Right, right. in right. that case, yeah. That was
3: right. right. There's one down the street for that. <laughs> but, but. Yeah, so you know, spaces for youth and then they had a big um, they have a big youth ministry that, that spills out and to take advantage of some natural landscape and some other minis. There's a green trail that actually ties into their site that goes to the whole citywide trail system. So they became a spot on that particular piece, so being able to have that as access for, for, for people from the community to come in on site that maybe wouldn't otherwise come on a Sunday. Um, having classrooms that were highly visible off of the, the main common space. So using glass for that transparency so that people would see activity, there would be connection, and you would be able to just, ha- again, have a little bit of that and, that that visual we are all. And,
2: and the and understanding of flexibility, because this turns to be able to be the pastor after the office. So it's what it was a classroom right. while the service is going on, and they flip it, and all of a sudden it becomes a hospitality space.
1: And I like the glass, but you. Being to see, of parents, me being a parent, like to go by yeah, and right. see the child actually having a good time and yeah that right. point, go right. to the door yeah. and feel like you're yeah. monitoring. Yeah. Right. But um, I also noticed, like in several of your sanctuary pictures inside, are we getting away from windows? That's just no. Nope.
3: You'll see several uh, facilities that still. Uh,
2: that's that's, that's all you unique
1: to each. Area. Area. So, so there's yes. a
3: desire for natural light, mm-hmm. but there's also a desire for controlled light. So that when you want technology. to you know, flip the room, you can take advantage of the technology, whether it's mecho shades or other pieces that black that room out so you have that, that control. But then also there's times where you want that natural light for that sense of that openness, that lightness, just I, that sacredness. I, I, I will types. tell you there has
2: been definitely a trend, uh, if there's a trend, that we at least are seeing in a lot of areas. Um, it's not that you, I don't think you'll still see these in, in use but a little bit of moving away from the big black box, take over uh, retail center, right. we're gonna convert it, and, and because, and this will speak to another thing that we'll maybe touch on a little bit today, but is the last couple of generations didn't feel there was an authenticity to, to that. It became a presentation place, and not a, right. a sense where they lost a little bit of reverence. Yeah, here. and just, yeah, There's production power. palace, and it was all about, hey, come and watch, and so that, there was actually, after a while, you actually, it was your younger generations that said, you know, I'd rather be in a smaller, more intimate, but uh, something that feels a little bit more like church. Or maybe even looking like at the upper millennials that had grown up in that, but now they're probably going to worship in an old,
0: you know, old. Uh, I don't see a cross crawl- uh, uh, crawl- crawl- on the inside or anything like that. They were right. very purposeful yeah. in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which because, and they'll be, me, you remember the
2: old, uh, they probably reach out to people that maybe have not as
3: didn't used to I mean, they, their target was that, that 30s young unchurched that has either never donned the doors of retirement or has had bad experiences. Or has had bad experiences, <laughs> and they wanted to take away
5: those those barriers. But have you found that, um, I mean, with this generation, and me included now, <laughs> with technology and the way things happen, that we are, our attention span is so short that if you don't have something that's high powered in sound sure. bites, yeah. so if you don't have a big mega screens, to be able to visually allow people to see where you're going that uh that becomes very bored very quickly. well well, again and it
2: goes back to again some relevancy and this really even goes into the home i mean you got a lot of homes with movie theaters certainly have an 80-inch tv in different rooms you know and we grew up with three channels on black and white and so if all of a sudden your kids but they've never not known that if they go into a church that that uh, technology alone looks like it's behind the times it's sending a message to that child, like, why, why does my church, and I, I know there were other churches that do this, so why does our church not? Uh, so out of curiosity,
5: just from the standpoint of expanding, which we're trying to, and we've been a growing church, which has been a blessing for us mm-hmm. for a number of years now, and so we've outgrown the facility we're in, and uh, this uh, modular building, a mm-hmm. uh, very nice-looking building sure. in the community we sit in. Uh, so, to address the shortage of space, primarily for services, we're building in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So, but my question is, um, where is that fine line between? And what we're going to do is convert the the current facility into a youth, mm-hmm. now I call it Haven, where the, the youth and the children's ministry will exist. And but I'm wondering if we're, we're putting too much money, too much emphasis right now into a sanctuary to house it, because we have to go to three services and to, to accommodate the people. And so now your Sunday morning becomes a <laughs> this thing that you know you got to turn over people in space and time to trying to get everybody into one or two services into a bigger facility sure. without sacrificing because. Unfortunately, financially, we can't do everything at one time, and we'd love to be able to convert this youth place into something like this because that's what I see it becoming—a place that, that is, speaks to, specifically to the children. So, but, what do you finding? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd
3: say the—I mean—the way I would answer that is—is is you always to stay on a growing path. You always need worship, education, and parking to be in balance. So, like, when you're moving forward, like, if you find you're out of worship space, um, so you want to go build worship space, well, then you need to make sure you have that proper education space as well or you'll never fill one or the other. Or if you're busting at the seams in education, you're never going to fill your worship because you don't have space for people to go. You can't park it on site and people can't get there. So it, it is part of looking at that balance, but, but, like, speaking specifically to, you know, how you how you take those steps to begin to, you know, expand. You know, this particular project, it's interesting to mention that, um, was going through that same thing where they said, you know, you know what, we're, we're maxing out our services, you know, we're, we're doing three now, we're talking about do we add a fourth, do we do a satellite, um, let's look at, you know, building a larger sanctuary on this particular campus. Well, we started planning that, but then when we started running the numbers, we, we, we found quickly that, They'd never fill that unless they also expanded the, edu- like the education space specifically preschool and nursery. So the first step for this particular group was to come in, and before we did that worship, to come in and do some additional commons with preschool and nursery space to, mm-hmm. to offload relieve the pressure there, to then set them up for the worship. So we were able to come in and you know we. We had some amenities that took advantage it's of some metal, well, the of natural again. setting that that also spoke to the particular community, um, you know, wants and desires. Yeah. During the week, but being able to come in and have this this new preschool, you know, nursery space that then relieved pressure on the existing space that opened up some more times for them to come in and now do multiple education hours that relieved a little bit more pressure on the worship. So, it really comes down to a balance.
5: Yeah, well. So, for example, we were driven by parking. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had 125 right. spaces, and we were using the school down the street, shuttling people back and forth, mm-hmm. so we built 500 parking spaces for it. That's the first thing we cleared. Yeah. Right. Right. So we did that, and now when the people came. Now how do you handle them in this small facility? So right. it's, it's been kind of driven by emergency. You know, right. What's the biggest headache you have today? And I'm not sure that that's the best plan, but that's literally what... Well, kind of them, it the would, and the other thing very that, that
3: we would, would highly recommend um, is actually having that, that master plan vision really for that right, camp. Right. Yeah, so like and, you like looking forward and how that can be broken down in, in and steps to really, and, like you said, plan and that and
2: when you hear us talk about balance of worship parking, worship education parking, those are, you know, if, if you uh, assume you have a worship and a significant mm-hmm. education program, But now add to this a high value that that we're seeing for the connectivity spaces, the connective link tissue, that when people walk in, that first experience, before they enter into a sanctuary, before they decide they want to drop their kids into a nursery preschool, they're going to begin to form opinions on whether they can sense their family being here. If this this is, you've gone now past the curb, you know, now you walked in.
0: I'm working with a church right now that is in three services, and they're wanting to build a new sanctuary, but they're getting rid of their educational space because they're doing small groups mm-hmm. off campus. Right. And they, they don't basically, my terminology, they've done away with Sunday school. They don't have Yeah, any
2: so sure, exactly. and you'll see some. Sure, But they want nursery space for their
0: children. For sure. But they're wanting to build about a 1,500 seated auditorium, mm-hmm. but they're not worried about educational space anymore because they don't do it. Yeah they right. they won't and we've, we've seen some churches they want to so worship they won't do like that so i that's well, new to me well some and of that is also culture of the church that's right and and some of is that is in a church.
2: response to you have high memberships high attendance records but not you have people now attending maybe twice a month and, and they consider themselves regular goers right go yeah. so, right <laughs> the four times and sunday night window whatever all those things are so with that uh, you see, some churches trying to address hey, if we can just get them here for an hour, so parents are going to come to worship, they're going to drop their kids, and then, and then they're going to leave. And so, there is not, they're losing that traditional, and then that for some areas, demographically, that's appealing to that group that says, now I might come two, maybe three times a month because I can handle, you know, versus more of a, of a Sunday that, that traditionally you'd see church go. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I think some of those are cyclical frankly in the I comeback, think but
1: with us we have um, I most recently came back into the building we're in but for me it's just like you said about seven years ago when I came in it's chaotic to get your child to the daycare
2: yeah so, we're, we're working yeah. with a church in Kentucky that the executive pastor just got through school. he was just hired and he said you know what my first experience was almost 45 minutes checking in my three kids yes he said, "By the time I went from one building to one building to one building, he said, I had decided I don't know this." And he goes, "Then I ended up getting hired here, so I decided <laughs> to stay." But we're fixing that, so we're tearing them because literally, if you see the way their campus was arranged, that the nursery preschool was considered like the back house. It was as far away as it could be possible. It needs to be closer Before to that room right there. Right. I'm going to go back and just hit a couple of these more here on just what this particular. Uh, uh, Grace Bible, this is a co- here's another thing, you've seen a lot of satellites, right? You're hearing about a lot of churches that's extremely important in a demographic study of understanding when it's appropriate to do a satellite Not because of numbers. but who are you trying to reach and what is it a, is it a, a, a unique setting this caused this is a church that um, their biggest growth uh, was in college ministry because they literally sit on the edge of the campus of Texas A&M this particular campus right here is uh, called Creekside campus, They went on the community. So now they're trying to one that addresses more young families. Right now, that doesn't mean they're gonna bring it away from the college. And well, their
3: specific mission is to basically bridge the university college kids and the families, so that they build up future leaders that can go out and evangelize. But they want those families that are grounded to be able to mentor up those college kids, and so. But Specifically where they're making space that lets those two user groups come together and,
2: and where their the current campus are. is created, they don't have any outdoor fellowship, they just cram packed park parking to get the kids on site. I mean, then other people go there as well, but it's a pretty significant campus. Uh, then this one's more out in the burbs. It sits along a creek. We purposely and they ask, Well, hey, we want outdoor fellowship area. We want, we literally want to again promote that come early, stay late, let us get to know you as a, as a church family. They've got teaching areas outside fire pits along the creek we we cross bridges from the parking lot into the side that the church is on and so literally this entire facade is glass that will look out toward the creek that's the creek side of the campus. <laughs> what's the budget uh, on
0: something
4: like
2: that uh, this particular is 13 million i think for uh and I don't know what that is. It's a square folks. Maybe sixty thousand square, how 50, 60, square feet. So again, how many? It's kids, a six hundred seat, expandable to a well, thousand. Yeah,
3: I was about to say. I mean, the footprint is a thousand, but they want to be six hundred because they starting with 100 thousand for the campus or a thousand for the?
1: Thousand campus.
3: seat for the worship.
1: For the worship.
3: Yes, for the worship.
2: Because
1: I'm afraid, yes, we we're looking at that, but the way I'm looking at this is, our our draw is our pastor. Now he is a very he's a youth pastor. And it's nothing more than I've seen people go away from college and come back because they want to. Right. That was my draw in back. Then I got a job like you guys again. And so now I'm, now I'm like, okay, we got to fix what this is because I almost didn't come back, you know. It was the draw of the passion that comes back. Right.
2: But so, so, so oddly enough, this campus, which is a satellite and not their main campus, right, probably will ultimately become likely a, 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 another, and there are, they've already got even yet another satellite campus, and they'll be and they're looking at another one. But this one will have this has uber amount more, you know, to five times more hospitality space than their other campus did. It's just a series of winding corridors because that's where the church has grown and filled up its allotted site. And this hospitality seemed
1: to be something that is very key. Yes
2: because what else happens in this I space need relationships. yeah and what else Absolutely. happens in that space Absolutely. is when people walk in there's there's a sense of intuitiveness you know if i walk in i go clearly there's worship by where i want to check in my kids you know that's very intuitive you're again your most recent generations because they've grown up with oh, I if you i need to find some place you know, it's like well, like, I'll map it so they'll, they'll pull up a map to get around a hotel, or you know, because right. they they don't want to ask questions when they can ask right here. They expect they can find it digitally, or either intuitively. And so, the last couple of generations has not been the type to come up to a greeter and say, I've, "I've got three little kids. Can you tell me how I need to check in and take me help? Just help you me go." They want to do it themselves, they and they want to go people. check in and get there themselves. Right. And that's what we
1: do. We're pointing that way through. Mm-hmm that <laughs> people Yeah, work your way upstream. <laughs> right. Well, and, and if it becomes
3: difficult, then that is a barrier that a lot of people just don't want to deal with. I mean, like, if it takes 25 minutes to drop your kids that's off, what? it's like, man, I'll just either take them to the sanctuary with me, or yeah. well, hopefully
5: that's what the we'll new sanctuary will bridge into the or due to its But what you've helped me to see is that I think we need to put some immediate yes. cash right. into the current facility uh, to make it. And here's again, here's again a church
2: like that also generates excitement. When we talk about marketplace, here's a church who had never had a home uh, outside of an office building, Class B office building about sixty thousand square feet. They have two little lobbies at different ends of campus, a little bit bigger than this room. So when they bought this site out on the George Bush Tollway. Um, they, never, they didn't have a particular image that they had as a church because they'd been in a two-story office building. Right, right. And so, but they actually moved out in a corporate environment, so they were okay to have the look and feel and appeal of a uh, room that's uh, multi-purpose. They, they have large family food events on a regular basis, and so it almost takes on a little bit more of a dinner theater, but you'll see this concourse that presents itself mm-hmm. along the tollway that would be out there in the distance, right. the glass. They couldn't believe that they had 300 feet of hospitality space when they were used to. Too. They, didn't, they couldn't even understand how they had functioned before as a church, uh,
3: because this was their first home. Um. Well, and just use of like, the colors, the textures, the materials, it's very vibrant, it's open, it's naturally lit. When you walk in, you, you naturally, intuitively know where to go. Like the children's is over here to the left keep on walking down, you can go up the steps up to youth, you walk on down, there's worship. So it, it, it does have a little bit of that just natural flow. Um, and it's very, you know, it's, it's secure, it's it's friendly. You can walk up, you can be helped, you walk in, you see everything. Like parents can walk in and know where their kids are. Um, it's just the the amenities that you would have and expect to see. So I mean it's
1: it speaks that language. As you speak, you don't lose security. Like, That's right. That's yes. extremely that. important on this being a freeway turn. Yes. You're
2: always concerned about a uh, transit community or people just coming in and stopping by. So that was really important to this church level of security.
4: But basically,
2: what you're dealing with so far is that new facilities. Uh, a lot. Of, you'll see several of these are in the remodel and addition range. <laughs> in range like yeah, So yeah. the so
3: so first point we talked about was the you know design to your marketplace. I mean, Really, the, the second major point, like with any good story, it's like, you know, what's that clarity of purpose? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we really about? What really is driving all of this, the meaning behind it? Um, so that's where we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, look at the ministry behind it because the ministry is what really needs to drive the space. And so, like, a good question to ask is, are your current facilities a distraction? from what you're trying so to do
2: Let's give a scenario when we're, we're brought on, we're working with a staff, a church, they may have a committee, maybe working with just executive leadership, but let's say we, we eventually want to talk to what we call the users of the building, the staff, directors of preschool, uh, children, youth, worship guys, all, all the people that are driving ministries out, they're gonna better than anybody be able to speak about their specific programmatic needs. We start talking to them about their spaces, tell us about how you're doing your ministry, tell us about this. Well, so they start saying some things and we may ask, well, okay, well, tell us why you're doing that. We're not trying to challenge them adversarially, we're just, well, let us help understand the why. And a lot of times the response might be, that's just the way we've, oh, that's the kind of space we've had. Well, well, why wouldn't you do it this way? Well, we'd love to, but we've never had that kind of volume. We've never had that kind of space. What you've just communicated to us as architects is, we was saying your facility is driving the way you're doing your ministries. We want to wipe that slate clean and go, tell us how you want to do ministries, and then let us see to say we design a facility that. Easier if it's brand new. A little more challenging sometimes if it's an existing campus, and sometimes the answer on an old 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s campus is you can't do ministry in that building the way it was designed, so either you, you can continue to allow your building dictated or we can make significant modica- modifications, sometimes remove it and they build a more efficient and effective building that now serves them. You know, maybe in times past this building served you well, but it's not today. And you've got to make that a value call on, again, back, do I go buy that worship? Do not buy that tool,
3: that will get the job done better. Yeah, so, so this particular church, this is... Um, a Methodist Church that's located in University Park, which if you're familiar with SMU, it's 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 in that basically it's right across the street, not oh, actually on campus, I think their main, mm-hmm. their main sanctuary is. But they've always had a, a special needs ministry there that has been open to the communities. I believe it's called Friday Night Owls mm-hmm. or something like that, but basically where they opened it up to the community, well, they wanted to let that ministry expand, and so we built a, a we actually tore down some facilities and built back a, a new three-story that was twenty-five thousand square foot special needs, twenty-five thousand square foot a youth, and then twenty-five thousand square feet of activity and uh, assembly-type space that's where the community. And the recreation. So. Um, so it's really knowing for the but
2: them, their style of campus they wanted to match. You know, you say right. a youth facility and all that that looks like a garden, but because they wanted it to match all the rest right. of. Them. The building on that so so everything physical
4: what is if you yeah general uh, no actually that would be more uh,
2: Georgian, Georgian and general style it would be more River Buck right. but that particular is a Gothic right. campus
3: there yeah so so everything in this facility was very purposeful towards either the special needs speaking to youth or open to the community so you have like your main connection that comes in that ties it back across the street to the main campus but then that feeds directly into Say this is a, a show kitchen. It's called chances, but it's it's a teaching kitchen. You know, show kitchen for the special needs to come in and run. They can take classes. It's life skills, um, where it really lets them just learn how to be a little bit more self-sufficient. But it also gives. Um, and it's a cradle to great ministry. Yes, just those opportunities. The sensory rooms that specifically are designed with equipment, with the lighting, with the, with all the different pieces that, that come along with the different disabilities that, that people um, that might have. This is again
2: understanding your demographic and needs in the community. Right. You're seeing many more churches find that there is a need in their community for special needs. may you not know, be, depends on where you're at, but right.
5: we're, we're doing a lot of special needs facilities. we um, so doing complete facilities. Complete as in, I mean, in terms of dedicated primarily for oh, yes, sir. That facilities. yes, sir.
2: So, in that case, there was 25,000 square foot. We we were doing a project for Brentwood Baptist, if uh, kind of on southern natural, that'll be our eighth phase on the campus. But this next one will be a special needs facility, right?
5: We we're trying to address special needs, but uh, it's, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. So, usually they're bringing it very special people to to run that program. Uh, Absolutely, you can't, you
2: can't. I'll say you can ease your way into it, but you would typically have to have some staff that are dedicated to uh,
3: understanding that. But then, also, like I mentioned, that the youth, like here, they also do, um, I mean, it's not really an after school program, but they wanted to create a space that kids could come. After school, they could hang out, do homework, you know, connect with others. But it was just a safe place that they could just come be. And um, this is a high
2: school slash college
3: because this is actually a neighborhood church, although
2: it has about 4, six thousand people. So, but it's a neighborhood church because some is right. wrapped with the neighborhood, right? But so, it is also college kids can come over here.
3: But this is where like, you can see to speak to the, you know, to the kids. It was in that Gothic style architecture that that blended with the rest of the campus. But then you start to break it down a little bit, introduce colored lighting, open up the structure, Um, you know you bring in um, equipment where you can have community classes, I think this is set up actually for an art class, Um, but just allowing them the opportunities for gaming tables, I mean just really giving them a sense of space that they have ownership in, a place where they can just come and hang out.
5: They've even got this huge message. This couldn't be cheap by any stretch Well, and this uh, is, well, is also this the particular
0: market. neighborhood
3: that this is in. Um,
2: probably one of the like, higher level. It's it's your Mark Cuban Jerry So the, the demographics that they're and,
3: trying to target a certain expectation. So this is also an example of another yeah. marketplace. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, this is your highest, this is if you're on. familiar with the
2: University, University, University Park and how park this is that area. So
3: yeah, so this is not all church, but the same ideas apply where it's, Youth having their space, children having an identifiable space, knowing what they like to do, how they like to interact. Not everyone likes ping pong. Maybe it's pool. Maybe it's shuffleboard, cornhole, ring to- I mean, there's different ways that they connect. Is it gaming? Is it more social basketball? And Interesting. See these areas right
2: here, that, mm-hmm. here, with all those. So this big open community area. If I don't know if you noticed while ago, it's almost got like a, a bar area. They mm-hmm. set it up. I know, but it's a like a recreation. Uh, food, dining type of thing that they'll right. bring in. But then all the open areas are surrounded. There's an outdoor deck, that outdoor deck out there looks out over SMU and the other campus. You see all these little pits, they're all designed for different styles of communication. All these glass rooms you seen on Our the house. campus. There are breakouts on Sunday, but during the week they have people coming in and, and doing private music studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're studying, in fact, this project's been open maybe six months now, five or six months. months they were They were overwhelmed with the amount of kids wanting to come in and just do homework after class, after school and stay there and then they, then they'd play there till nine o'clock at night so they 'd come in that and this was their retreat at three thirty or four they 'd get there they 'd kind of relax they 'd go do their homework and they 'd get in these study groups in there and so all these rooms were meant to be purposeful as far as you can just come into our church and take up a private space class we want to be able to see you in there, but we have made a space for you to come hang out till so nine ten o'clock at night they 'd have a What's the gaming thing where you do it on a, you know, national base a worldwide bases? Uh, they have the center for that. Yes. <laughs> what not, what not.
3: Yeah. Well, and then and then having some adult community space that could come in. I think they even do like Pilates, yoga, stuff like that. But um, yeah, this is up on the third level, um, which is kind of interesting. But. Um, Another project. This is in Louisiana, and they were in your, you know, prototypical. It was the red brick, white right steeple, which you can see in the background. Um, the front door faced the intersection, and there was no parking anywhere. So you always came in the side doors and went down two wings, and then how you got to the sanctuary it was this awkward turn around. No space, you know, no space to come together as a family, no place to gather. Um, and so, specifically for them, they, they were relational in how they do everything. And in fact, they, their, their mission is, you know, experience life-changing relationships. Everything is geared around that. So it was, how do we create a space that leverages their existing campus, but then basically builds a you know, new sanctuary, new connection, new education. So we're standing in that previous
2: picture, Mark, if we go back, we now, are, we're, we're, we're much closer in this. You can see where the previous building was, but it faced, the front door faced. Mm-hmm. The, the false front door face, the major intersection. Now we brought that to and we put parking right. because Mark said all of it came from behind. But look, look when he talks about this experience life changing relation, look with the right in the crux. And you're going to see this is a worship center, the commons, and you're going to see here a little bit. There's an education, it's an outdoor fellowship area lit at night. They'll baptize out there 300 times, you know. And, but they want the community to drive by and, and look into their outdoor fellowship areas, like be right there. Yeah, this is you the know, children's
3: building, it's two stories, and the, the actual theming that they did, they downplayed it to more um, painted graphics, but it tells the story of, like, in their particular area in Covington, you know, it's about the oak tree having the strong roots, well, you know, every oak tree starts as a little acorn, you know, you plant that seed and then you, you cultivate it, you, 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 um, you know, water and nourish it so that as it grows it becomes that strong tree that has those those roots that, you know, a, a hurricane can't blow down, but then it also now becomes that habitat, that, that place for life that spreads out to the world. So it's they use the space to tell that story and there's there's little spots as you walk through the education space that has verses and other things that, that key back into that mission. And Bruce mentioned we created courtyards between the existing space and the new space so we, we what we would otherwise have just been empty space because it, um, we needed that separation for co- a co- co- purposes. It's like, well, let's, let's leverage that, The space between spaces that becomes additional fellowship space, you know, connection space where people could go outside on a nice day and still linger. You know, you want to give them those opportunities to, you know, come early and stay late because that's really, you know, like how the family comes together. It's like you sit outside on the porch and you just chit-chat, you talk, you catch up. Um, but just having those opportunities spread throughout the campus creating a common space that connected everything that was very intuitive that when you walked in you had easy line of sight to the existing space you know an information welcome desk a cafe preschool worship children's everything was fed off of that one hub so it became that natural place that everyone could gather together i
0: can't comprehend a church of that size
2: It, what, what's amazing is how they become a beacon in the community A um, thing that they didn't even realize. You would, you would not expect Covington to be what that space he just showed. They opened that facility up and only because it responded to... Apparently there was a need out there that they never knew about, but people in the business community found out that they were a hot spot. So they just come and say, hey, can I sit here? And maybe for someone that works out of their home, they just go, can I come and sit here and your coffee shop's open? I can sit here for four or six hours and work. They don't care, they're in their lobby. Uh, they've got some private rooms that they normally would use, their conference room They're open on the lobby and private dining rooms and things like that, that, that they just say, hey, yeah, if you need a conference room, just as long as we're not using it, you're good to use. And then you have day school happening with moms passing by, and so they can interconnect with people, and it's just become a place where people have landed in that hospitality center that aren't all church members, but they <laughs> well, found themselves on their campus.
3: One like you see, like I, I paused here because you know, they specifically knew you know, young moms are always looking for places that they can take their kids. It's a sheltered, protected environment, especially on, on hot days or on climate days. So, they knew they wanted to come in with an indoor play and a party room that the community could use. So, it actually is open throughout the week that people can reserve the space, they could do birthday parties or get together, you know, just. just um, You know, have they say it's constantly running out. But then the the sanctuary being able to come together and they have a a blended model where they have, I mean, this room, you know, it's it's highly contemporary. You know, it takes advantage of all the lighting, the digital technology. Um, You know, it has a, a praise band, but they also have a traditional service where they have an organ. So being able to leverage the technology and how you can tune that room and you can create that type of experience that you want to create, but all geared towards bringing people together, how the room wraps down, how it gives a, this is 2,400 seats, but it still has that intimate feel so that when you're in there, you feel like you're with everybody and it has that sense of community and it's not just a a big space. So it came from a
2: 1,200 seater, but it was roughly wrapped with corridors, so there was again no chance to really build that community. If you were standing in line for a coffee at their old coffee shop, it literally, kind of wrapped along the wall and just, you know, because otherwise you're gonna really be in the way of the hospitality space. So uh, that's that's what we talk about, yeah. how those spaces
3: earlier, about where all age groups feel comfortable. Um, you know, and then again, just thinking of, you know, this is another, um, I mean, fairly large church, 2,2006, in the D.C. area, it's in Virginia, and very strong vision from the senior pastor to create that sense of, of retreat I want a place that people can come from just the busyness of what it is to, you know, the, all the politics and everything else and just come, relax, feel comfortable, put their feet up and then just be themselves, be be comfortable enough to share, to open up. So it was going with that more um, large retreat look and feel, the use of materials, how it gives that, that. It starts to create that sense of all right. I'm going to relax. I'm going to, to So to this was about myself. a
2: 30 acre site with about 80 feet of fall on it. It was totally mm-hmm. i say 80 percent wooded when we got there. And I remember Pat said I just I wanted the look and feel of a ski lodge. He kept driving a ski lodge like here in Virginia, come kind of to area. But um, what he meant by that, he says, okay, I wanted to play feel like a place that a man could come in and kick off his shoes and put his feet up as if he is at home. I, just, I want that place of respite, retreat. He goes, these guys are mostly D.C. people working in this. And then when they come home, I want them to feel like the church is a place they can retreat to. And so uh, you can see all the use of stone and wood and steel, very natural materials. that You might find more in a ski lodge. 6,000 square foot coffee house, known now as the number was known last year is known as the number one coffee house being you know, on Starbucks. <laughs> but very intentional because they just knew that community. They're very, but a lot of times, it's knowing what you believe is going to work and really having that vision. But you know what they didn't understand? They, we were, they were smart enough to say, hey, give us a little venue place within this big cafe that also is a, is a side element of our yeah, large it's, hospitality. It's, we made it like a street side cafe feel. Right but they, but now they've got two or three hundred people that sit out there. Again, maybe people that not real comfortable, maybe never been in a church. Uh, For first experience, mom's not ready to let her kid go in the nursery. She may not even want to go sit in the worship, but they will let them sit out here in this coffee shop. But it's not to be a coffee house mentality. Hey, when worship starts, you're all in. (laughs) You're listening and you're watching, so it's a little venue out here, 250, 300 people. But we don't want you out here. You know, now now you the hospitality part's over and now we're going to be in worship and they've just let them Then Finally they say some of those people will
3: find themselves in the main worship. Well, and then this is an example of a modern facility that still uses the natural light. Like, you mm-hmm. can see the glass mm-hmm. on the sides that is controllable, but
5: it's a beautiful very site.
3: intentional to take advantage of the site. And there is something appealing and calming to have that naturally lit space. That and just can... a such a simple service. I mean, a
2: simple, such a great communicator is, uh, in place. It, it just he nailed it in terms of after it's saying he understood the visionary i
3: want this, this is what i need a facility to speak to so so finally and this i think will address what you were asking earlier as far as new construction versus renovation um the, bi- the big takeaway would be um you know as you think about your marketplace you know designing to that it's, it's you know the clarity of purpose what are you trying to accomplish it's it's, it's having the forethought just to revitalize when necessary to really go back in and refresh. So this is a quote that that we actually like from CS Lewis <laughs> that basically says the person that figures out first they're going the wrong way and turns back is the smartest. And <laughs> yeah. um, hey, what you're doing in working, you probably want to think about it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really it's taking it's taken that, that critical eye and saying, you know, is the campus, you know, is your current campus congruent with your messaging? You know, what are you wanting to convey and does, yeah. does the facility help convey that? You know, and, and through that, are you actually reaching your surrounding community like you want to? So, so we probably have, what, four churches, you know, a few churches here
2: represented. Do you believe your church currently sends a congruent message? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's, I'm talking about from your brand messaging to the look of the facilities to I'm you when really, you walk in. Is that a congruent message?
5: Look have not I don't think we've uh, fully defined mm-hmm. what our brand should be. Um, mm-hmm. That's their
4: evolving. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're, where you go? Our church, whenever they built the new uh, sanctuary did a good job of building a building that carried through in design mm-hmm. into the day. The thing that they did wrong was what you told about earlier, was where people come in and foyer, very small. We have gone back to the architect and have plans now where they created an outdoor interest under the canopy is to now enclose that, and when we enclose that, that will become all glass mm-hmm. to give it more light coming into it, sure. but it add 300 square feet to it, but that 300 square feet will almost double what we have and make the entrance and exit of the building much better because of it requires to change some of the sidewalks mm-hmm. and things like this allow allows us to put out a, uh, an exterior reading center place for someone instead to greet uh, but do you uh, how do you guys feel about your
0: messaging pretty congruent messaging i think i think our specific, we just went through a major renovation so it helped you you brought some that yeah. to, to life and, and it's it, we didn't increase anything we just made it brighter yeah well and so when we talk about
2: messaging again you know it is something that is speaking a you know when we talk about congruent message uh, we've all been in facilities where like, oh, this is the 60s era, this is the 70s era, this is the 80s era. Hey, this actually looked like it's at least been in the 2000s. Hey, this is a brand new facility. And so you, you and it may be that sometimes maybe the children's area is the one that's still back in the 80s, but man, we've got a brand new adult building or whatever it is. And so then you drive around that facility, and you can sometimes, we've, we've had to make the block a couple times I and mean, we pretty well for decades. And, and that's okay, sometimes churches expand and grow and all that, now when we internally though, come inside are we sending a congruent message by look and feel so let's take the, the red brick white column, rocket ship won't talk to Steve top. that's what he's in the, in the business, we all know that iconic church to the average passerby right? they go, know what happens in that church maybe not right? could be if, if in their minds when they went in there, hey, that's a, that's a church with an organ and that's the traditional Choir, iconic ch- church, but maybe that's not what's in there. Maybe that church is totally different in terms of their, their worship or their level of look and feel, but the messaging on the outside is speaking one language. And then uh, I, can, I can flip that on a project we did in Dallas years ago, walked into this very contemporary, probably 250,000 square foot Church of Christ right on the interstate. I always thought of like a junior college or an office building. Very contemporary looking, barrel vault glass, and you know, all those things. First time I walked in the doors, we were hired to, we were asked to come over and talk to them about doing a project. We, all, we did. I walked in the doors, and and I'm, I'm sure my jaw dropped. Everything I thought I was going to experience 100%. It was dark stained wainscot, foo-foo chairs out of grandma's room that like don't sit in those, you know, they're not for sitting, they're just to look at <laughs> chandeliers hanging. For that extremely contemporary, uber contemporary building, when I walked inside, I was like, wow. So if someone's judging you by that and they walk in, you just sent them the wrong message, right? Or you know, they received it differently when they opened the doors. That's what I'm talking about congregate messaging. Yeah. Now also then what happens out of the pulpit and your children's programs and all that. That's another level of messaging and branding. But sometimes we just see that <laughs> Y'all had about five different languages going on and 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 sometimes competing against each other. Well, from
5: from that standpoint, uh, we did a very you important know, message going on. Mm-hmm. You we know, like went through the renovation, which right? right. the gentleman sat there probably you know, almost two years ago now, a year and a half, two years ago, where we, I just said, brought him into the century. I mean, the church is not that old. It's 20 years old. Right. Uh, but the, it's a uh, fairly contemporary exterior, so you don't get the idea of the steeple and sure. kind of stuff. You get the idea is a church, right. but not necessarily that. So we just mm-hmm. modernize things and brighten it up throughout the whole building, and people there take a whole new pride in yep. coming into the church. Yep. It just freshen things up. well, yeah, well like,
3: like this is a good example. <laughs> this, this is a is of church, church in, in in North Carolina. You know, I mean. Would you think that's a church? It's a six-story hotel. Oh, it's, behind. A six <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's all concrete. There's no glass. You can't see wow. anything. Each, so each room does have its own air conditioner, there.
5: It is a six-story two-six-story
3: <laughs> so, two tower. So it, it was <laughs> working with them and coming back and recreating a new worship center up front, and then using light, um, using glass to really open that up, to brighten it up, to actually make it seem inviting. That that more matched. The welcoming sense of, of of who they're like their ministry, but it wasn't When we, when we started with this church, they and I, they've been in that church for now thirty five years.
2: We okay? mm-hmm. They said there's one thing they were worshiping in what would be the convention center portion, right? That piece, very low ceilings, as big as the room was. Uh, they reaching a lot of college kids and all that, uh, but obviously you imagine navigating six floors. Uh, long linear turn corners in his room, after room room like a hotel room. That's how your offices or preschool or children's or doesn't matter. But they were like we were known as the church without windows because there is one set of double door glass doors that led <laughs> into that hotel. And like, is there anything you can do to help give us that was the some main glass? entry? That's,
3: that's the main entry, or was the, was main, the entry main entry to to this facility? So this is the entry today. Mm-hmm. So and you now can see Luna. the difference in terms of not only the appeal but also the. Inviting, you can actually see what's happening inside the space. This was the commons before that, where people would, would gather. You know, by brightening mm-hmm. it up, mm-hmm. by use of materials, just letting it be a little bit more open, it has a little bit more of that welcoming, come stay feel. Um, providing those, those seating areas, um, letting activity be seen inside, and now so that, that you actually would have that. that Which previously view. was just
2: a closed-off big building, you know, running 3,000 right. people, and that was people funneled in that, or either they walked in at the end of a
3: of a hotel corridor and another set of glass doors and work their way in. Uh, and then being able for them to actually have a, a dedicated worship space that was actually designed for worship that um, was a very plus for them, that just really let them no longer just be in a, it's a facility we happen to worship in, but we actually created a, a worship space that allows us to do our particular style. So obviously tradition. these
2: last ones we're talking about here, how you do, what happens if you revitalization, here's a church, they need a revitalization again in Tulsa, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Now, literally, you could drive around again the block downtown, uh, starting with the 1930s Art Deco building. There's a hotel that was probably done in the 50s. These two buildings, two four-story buildings, done in the 60s. This is an 80s. The sanctuary was a 50s. There was one gap left on campus that we ended up filling, and I can tell you a lot of things about this campus, but primarily that new building now serves as a nursery, preschool, children's, adult, just to connect and. And ultimately take down this seven story tower uh, hotel that they've been using in a, the two four story buildings. But giving them breathing new life into the building, they're a, very, a flourishing church in a
3: downtown setting. Uh, security is huge. Um, well, and in very purposeful, and just not just children's space, but also having some adult space that's part of that, especially like say young parents with their kids maybe on the floor of the lawn, but then there's that connection. So you can see it's opened multiple floors. I think it's open three floors. Mm-hmm. And that third three, floor yeah. has a, a, a deck that can spill out. But uh, fourth, fourth floor you go yeah. out on a deck. But, um, but yeah, you'd have the little kids, then you'd have you know the older kids, and then you'd have parents that could go up. So they're all contained within that space. <coughs> um, so it just helps with the flow. Just the, the open corridors that it's still provide hospitality, seating. But I'm going to go
2: back here just for a second. Can you imagine the first time we rode around the block and we had a 30s Art Deco building and a this is a dressed up version of the 1970s tilt wall gymnasium box that was pretty well windowless and stuff, you know, just trying to tie a campus together. So purely from an architectural standpoint, that initial message branding that people drove by, very confusing, where do I enter? What, is this part of your church or is this part of your, you know, this was an old data center building, uh, which we now have removed that old data center. tower. But, but, you know, so it was very confusing to even where do I come into this church? You know, which was the department store? Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: it's actually
2: around the corner. <laughs> oh, But, store. Yeah. but I, you know, if, if people are going to make the, I tell you, know, churches, there was a time when, when churches were moving out of downtown settings, and now you're seeing the, church, the people are saying, I'm willing to, because church, downtowns are flourishing. They're bringing people live back in, creating that density. And so uh, churches are responding to that, but they also needed to make it worthwhile that drive again, too. And, so we're
4: looking at a church that's got a, it's almost two hundred and fifty years old as far as the church mm-hmm. the property since nineteen thirties. Right. But we set on one acre yes. for everything we do. Yeah. And we have of course, a school across the street and we have other property adjacent to it uh, that we can use for parking. But that's we're so landlocked. Right. And we we're just limited to the point that we are very close, I think, to what right. yeah. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because this actual,
3: this church, landlocked, and they... All, all this parking right here,
2: uh, triple that, and they've got that about a half mile away, and they have to be bussed in. <laughs> they've got, but like you got say, almost they, a thousand spaces away.
3: They were evaluating their outreach, who they're trying, you know, what are they trying to do, their ministries, and realized that they weren't really hitting that young, that, that young family. They they were they were trending older and they realized you know what we need to figure out how we can better address young families how we can bring those the, you know the, that demographic in. So in this particular case, you know they had built what seven or eight phases. Six, six phases, I believe, none of which made sense. But and so it <laughs> was going, going back <laughs> and, and looking, and it actually ended up we took down a swatch of of the yes. existing campus and then built back this. an infill. So. Like, say, for example, here, this was what the church looked like. So, it was your typical red brick, you know, limited windows, you know, the white steeple. You, you roughly came
2: into a small, uh, tight corridor, also, ceiling. Right.
3: So, it was coming back and then blending with the existing campus, but then having more glass, more transparency, a little bit more modern appeal, then letting that create that, that fellowship space inside that now fed front and center this new children's space. That actually, you know, had color, had some activity, Um, it had connection across the multiple floors, but that really gave that a a presence that people could see, they could interact with, and it really said this is a priority here. Whereas before, it was that the the children's space was literally you got to go. I think like somebody mentioned earlier, go 500 feet that way, take a right, then a left, then if you pass Mm -hmm. through a set of doors, and it's in the back. So So that says we don't. So Appreciate in this you. in this space,
2: remember, in this space, the nursery preschool all was back here, and guess where really the worship was? So wow. we took an old dining hall. And they wanted to open up contemporary worship. Um, so we made that, and then tore down this whole piece of the canvas down to its basement level to sort of, and then built that back new. And took an original face and extended all of that out forward to create now two story volume. You can see people up there interaction of and now you have preschool children and young families going to traditional or contemporary worship and then we just kind of rearranged the entire campus but also gave it a new present so going back to the, some of the things you were talking about a lot of projects we do are where we're taking an existing campus and we're repurposing or recreating it giving it a, a new vision the branding
3: and those things and really um there's a few more projects i know we're, we're getting close on time but uh,
2: this, is, this yeah. is one we're carrying as part of a campus that we create. Currently in
3: design right now, I'm working with them on how to, again, create that common space. They have some you know, buildings that aren't connected. How do we create that common space? How do we say families first? We want to create that sense of um, you know, that the church Good. as a family that we, we want.
2: Their youth are across here. a six-lane highway in right. a big retail shopping center and we're bringing them back
3: on campus and totally re-tearing down the facilities and creating new preschool children. It's like, right, really but, but throughout the space it's taking advantage of seating areas and like it's not just a stair that transi- you know, transitions between floors but it has seating issues um, mixed within that so there's always an opportunity for people, people to connect uh, and again just lots of light bright sense of well, identity. We'll wrap
2: up with one last little thing here and, uh, and we'll let just kind of speak for itself. I'm put, this is a product about a block away from our Well, actually, away from our office. And uh, yeah, yeah, so this is a campus uh, that is kind of known affectionately as the, the Turkey campus. We didn't met, we didn't mess with the old sanctuary design, we renovated it. But you can see uh, what previously a campus that looked like a prison by the owner's own admission. They This is a community that's greatly going through revitalization, big corporations moving in, but they realized they were not growing with young families that were all moving in, and they realized we've got to do something to be attractive. Uh same thing. We took off facades of building, taking down three buildings, you know, all those things and now making this a much more relevant. It was a building built, buildings A, B, C, D, E, F, G, how many ever faced that? All built at once back in the Texas instruments days. Designed by well, it looked look like it was designed by some engineers <laughs> and did and, uh, not function very well. like so, a Yeah. yeah. And, and so the only thing they did not build originally in the first phase, one phase, was the chapel or the lobby. Can you imagine that? They've never built a lobby since the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, walked outside, the, uh, so we are also doing a new chapel. Uh, but a whole new preschool, faci- preschool children's facility, new chapel, and mainly a new hospitality connection. Uh, So that gives a good example of how to revitalize a you know campus. You don't have to abandon it. You just have to sometimes recognize you know what these buildings have served us well for many years, but they are no longer serving us well, and they realize their facilities are a distraction to their ministry. They, by their own admission, we look and feel like we're a prison. I mean, they're windowless facades and very small. Just kind of, it sits right along a freeway, major freeway church there. Um, So. Recap. Those are the things that, that we feel like um, just a couple of things that we end up
3: dealing with sometimes on on, on uh, in church planning. Well, and just really re reemphasize that you know we are architects. You know we design space for a living, but but we we all know that ultimately that is just the shell that we need to fill with the people because the people are the church. And how can we best how can we create those right tools that let us do what we need to do, which is share the gospel and reach people for Christ. So
5: any other questions or a minute or two, but... mm-hmm. just uh, give me a lot to
3: think
1: about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will if you have any questions, we gotta
2: move